going on? Hey, happy Mother's Day. Uh, yes. For the yes, indeed. It is uh, It's uh, that time in May when we yeah. celebrate our moms. And some of us are moms. Some of us are moms. How do you feel about Mother's Day? How do I feel about Mother's Day? I, I am pro-Mother's Day. I'm going to take that stance. <laughs> I, A very good answer. I, I appreciate mothers and all they have done around the world. And it's a good day to celebrate Mother's Day in May. Moms first and then dads. Yeah, dads. Dads. Uh, yeah, kind of goes by the wayside. No, so, actually, I think it brings up the rear. Yeah. Do you do a Mother's Day brunch? What do you do? Um, We do. Just everybody's very nice to me. There's nothing traditional. What, are you saying 364 days out of the year they are they are not nice to you? Well, 363 because there's my birthday. Oh, nice. Okay. Yes. So you get you get two days. Yes. Two holidays. <laughs> Let's just say everybody's nice Do they for the most it? part. Those there's other few hundred days, but those two particular days, people are much nicer. Holidays. Yeah. Holly, holidays. Holidays. I'm sure you've been they've been called that before. Many times. Uh, I thought it was something really original. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, okay. Well, happy holiday to you. Thank you very much. Our episodes that we're going to talk about, we're going to uh, talk about Mother's Day favorite songs. And we had talked about Mother's Day, and I was just going to do mother songs, like generic mother songs that really have no tie into my mom or my history. You know, anything, you know, it's just like, oh, songs I like, you know, or, you know. Mother songs are kind of lame. Songs with mothers, mother in them. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's a lot. Either they're very worshipful, uh, you know. I don't know. Is that, <laughs> is that a word? word? No, I don't think it is a word. Anyway, they're they're respectful of their moms, mm-hmm. which makes it just a horrible song. Or it's just modeling. It's just no one's talking shit about their mom in these songs. No, well, <laughs> no, and the ones that do, they're they're too sickly sweet. I mean, they're yeah. ju- they're just ugh. They're, they're, it's it's tough to yeah. swallow. And there's others that go the uh, you know the opposite direction. They're just uh, blame mom for everything. <laughs> You know, building, you know, like Pink Floyd building up the wall and, you know, you know, John Lennon's mother. Oh, yeah. That's just like blame. You know. I didn't even think about those. But there's, yeah, there's there's mom songs that are just like, you yeah. made me block yeah. out my feelings. And I'm like, okay. This is how I ended up the way I am. Right. So <laughs> yeah. there's there's those and there's there's nothing like uh, kind of in the middle. So anyway, it, what I'm getting at is I was very th- like it, it gave me a uh, a nice little exercise to think about songs that tied into my mom and, mm-hmm. and and my life. So I'm going to apologize right now because there's a lot of cheese ball cheesy songs, uh, songs from the se- songs from the seventies yep. when I was a kid that make me think of my mom. Why do you have to apologize for that? Or apologize? Let's apologize because we're straying from the '80s, right. and this is an '80s podcast. But I have. Of all my songs, I only have one from the 80s, so okay. you're forgiven. And okay. I doubt your songs are cheeseball, and, and especially if they're significant to you. Okay. I'm actually looking forward to putting this together and then listening to it and, you know. I can't wait to hear yours. I, and I, you. <laughs> yeah. I'm wondering now that you talk about the 70s, I'm wondering if there's any overlap. You know, sometimes we do have overlap when we, when we do yeah. these specials, but I don't know if we're going to. I, I actually don't think so. From what you've told me about your parents, I'm guessing we probably don't have overlap. Yeah, yeah, probably not. And I, I think there was one song where I thought, oh, maybe that Holly might talk about that song. So I'm not even gonna bring that up. So let's start with the mom. Okay, okay. that's me. That that would be you. Yeah. Um, but I'm gonna say there, there's probably going to be less song information and more personal information because these songs have had an impact on us because of our moms, or for me because I am a mom. Correct. Okay. So, okay. So I'm just putting that caveat on. on I here. agree. I'm the same thing. And I just realized that this just dawned on me. I just had this thought while we were sitting here waiting to get started. And this was not on my original list. And I can't imagine why. Because when I was a baby, I remember this song vividly. I was a baby, probably a toddler. And my mom said this song, I would belt out this song when I could barely talk. I didn't know what the words meant or anything. And it's Downtown by Petula Clark. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> which uh, which I love, and when I hear now, always when I hear now, I just think of my mother, and I want to belt it out at the top of my lungs, I guess, like I did when I was a toddler. When you're alone and life is making you lonely, you can always go downtown. When you've got worries, all the noise and the hurry seems to help, I know. Downtown, just listen to the music of the traffic in the city. Linger on the sidewalk where the neon signs are pretty. How can you lose 
so much brighter there You can't forget all your troubles Forget all your cares So go downtown Things will be great when you're downtown No final place for sure Downtown Everything's waiting for you So uh, shout out Girl. to Petula Con- Yes, yes, when exactly the, When all the lights are low, right? I could just uh, imagine a toddler thing. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, <laughs> simple. Um, and I just read, though, as as in my last minute prep for this. So this was composed by Tony Hatch. Okay. And he received an Ivor Novello Award for it in 1981. Does that seem weird? I know the song was redone. You know, I, Dolly yeah. Parton covered it. Other other artists covered it. But I thought, huh, that's a lot of years later. Uh. Sometimes the, these national recognition awards, it takes uh, you know lifetime achievement. Yeah, yeah. If if it takes uh, a lifetime. It, yeah, if it ha- yes, if the song has life or you know continues generation to generation, then they give it special accolades. So I'm sure that's what happened with yeah. this song. I think it's a good one. I think I made a good choice. <laughs> <laughs> what do you have, Dave? What's your first mom song? All right. Well, I'm going. I I'm going to go. I guess uh, chronologically in order of. Uh, of when these songs uh, made their appearance. My mom used to do these, um, I guess, Weird Al type parody songs. That's know, awesome. When, well, just this one song. So she used to, you know, whenever there was an anniversary or a birthday, it was to the tune of Hello, Dolly. <laughs> so, so it would always be, Hello, Holly. Yes, Hello, Holly. Blah, blah, blah. You know, that seems to fit. Great. So then with the women, it always... You're looking great, Holly. You look, you've lost weight, Holly. <laughs> something, you know, something like that. She had no musical ability whatsoever. But she sang these songs. I mean, our, the whole family has no musical ability whatsoever. So we'd all belt these off key, and she would give the lyrics out. She would pass out the lyrics, mm. and so uh, yeah, <laughs> sing. Yeah, birthday. hello, Dave. You put on weight, Dave. You know. <laughs> The guys was always put on weight. You know, they would look bad. The women would always look great. Hello, Harry. Well, hello, Louie. It's so nice to be back home where I belong. You're looking swell, Manny. I can tell. Danny, you're still glowing, you're still crowing, you're still going strong. I feel the room swaying for the band's playing one of my old favorite songs from way back when. So bridge that gap, fellas. Find me an empty lap, fellas. Dolly will never go away again. Yeah, this was a song. It was from 1964. And, of course, uh, Carol Channing sang it originally. And uh, Louis Armstrong, I think he had a... I think it went to number one, actually. Did it really? Yeah, as I looked on that. I think, yeah, it did very well. (laughs) The Louis Armstrong version did well. Um, So, yeah, whenever I hear Hello, Dolly, I think of my mom because of her... That's creating, really sweet. Creating, yeah. I think that's sweet. Oh, well, yes, it is. Is it a tradition you want to carry out, carry on with your Not own family? At all. Not at all. I mean, you could pick another song. I could. As I mentioned, we just cannot carry a note. Yeah. And it's just we we try to, you know, <laughs> you know, it's just like as a teenager, it was just it was tough to sing, you know, <laughs> sing these songs. <laughs> yes. Mom, why are you making me sing this song? <laughs> but... See, of but now, now, because what, 40 years later, right. you get to talk about it on a podcast. There you go. <laughs> so, hello, hello, Holly. <laughs> yes, hello, Holly. Oh, you got the intonation. Uh, well, yes, it's still in me. All right. So, there you go. On to what you have. What do Boy. you got? I know you You didn't organize your notes. I'm, you know, that's why I'm just doing it chronologically. I did. Yeah, I did. But I'm rethinking it on the fly. Like, I find myself doing a lot. Okay. Because. Well, because I just added that song, that last song. So now I have too many songs to cram into one episode. That's fine. My next one. Okay. This is the first, really the first artist. I remember my parents had, you know, they were very hip and, you know, granola-y and 
just cool. My parents were very cool. They didn't recognize it at the time. This is the first song I remember in my house. It's from 1974. Singing, like, my parents had seemed to have Gordon Lightfoot on an endless loop. <laughs> this this song is Sundown, which I guess is probably his, yeah, it did go to number one here. It's not always about the lyrics for me. Sometimes it's just, you know, the tune. And mm-hmm. this just reminds me of my parents. I can see her lying back in her satin dress In a room where you do what you don't confess Sundown, you better take care If I find you've been creeping round my backstairs Sundown, you better take care If I find you've been creeping round my backstairs many so many songs in the 70s it was crazy yeah. I, a great songwriter i think dylan prolific songwriter yeah. yes absolutely and, yeah and bob dylan's book he he specifically cited gordon lightfoot as a great lyricist yeah well he <laughs> is his storytelling is phenomenal a record the edmund fitzgerald yes yeah. Uh, yeah and he still plays he still plays around and i've been tempted to take my dad to see him oh that would be great you yeah should. oh there's a father's day gift but I don't want him to be let down. You know, I mean, his voice can't be. He's in his 70s. You know, is his voice going to be? I guess it doesn't really matter because it's the it sentiment. He will hear it in his the way he remembers. Your dad will hear it the way he remembers. It, yeah. I think. Any Gordon Lightfoot, but I'm choosing Sundown because it's the one that stands out in my mind the most. And I can hear my parents around the table singing it. I just. Yeah. I mean, this was his only number one. Yeah. Record Edmund Fitzgerald hit number two. If you can read my mind. Yeah. Was number four. Reached number five, and Carefree Highway reached number oh, ten. That's another one. I love that. I, yeah. I, I love these. I love Gordon Lightfoot. I just this was an era. So 1974. So you know, as we've talked about, I have always been obsessed with radio. But in 1974, so I was you know young, young. I was listening to pop. I was listening to 93 KHJ. Mm-hmm. So these songs I was getting at home. I wasn't yet listening to KMET or KLOS, where one might have heard these songs. So. This is the only place I was hearing them. And it was different than, you know, what Disco Duck. Yeah. <laughs> when I was listening to on, on KHJ. But, yeah. Uh, yeah so, that, so Gordon Lightfoot. Yeah, we all grew up on the AM radio first. Yeah. So, uh, all right. So give me another one. All right. This is a funny song <laughs> from 1968. My parents bought this single for me for a specific reason, and it's by Michelle Lee. Uh, it reached number 52. It's the actress, Michelle Lee, mm-hmm. who you remember from Knott's Landing. Knott's Landing. Yes, and Herbie the Love Bug, who I, which I remember it from. Um, the song is called L. David Sloan, and this was a sing. <laughs> I know, you're giving me big eyes. I yeah. do not remember this song. Nobody does. But it was L, the initial, you know how my email is an initial, My that's my middle name. It's kind of an homage to L. David Sloan. Wait, is David your middle name? No. Oh, okay, so this is just. Yeah. Because you're C. David, right? Yeah. C. C. Right, C. David. And this this was L. L. Period. David Sloan with an E at the end. Okay. But um, what the significant? What's the, the significance? significance? Well, the, I think it was the first single that was bought for me. <laughs> no, but of the song. I mean, is it about somebody? Was it about? No, it, it's about. Well, Michelle Lee is just this. She's trying to break up with this guy, and uh, he won't leave her alone. And you know, she's just trying to to leave him. <laughs> But, this would be a scary story. Yeah, these I mean, days. it's just. I think they they bought me a single. Of course, I'm you know two years old or whatever. And, <laughs> you know, I played it and I broke. I broke the this. I broke was it the a forty five? Yeah, it was a forty five. Yeah. It was broken. So I I was never able to find it ever again. But of course, fortunately, there's the internet, and I start. You know, I was able to to locate it. It was on a CD compilation of the worst singles of all time. Oh, but I mean, it, it it's so sixties and it's just Bob. You know, they're like those, like it's super 60s. You know, and Michelle Lee singing L. David Sloan, Leave Me Alone, Be a Really Big Man for Once in Your Life. Okay, I can't wait to hear this. L. 
David Sloan Leave me alone I'm begging for a chance to forget you So maybe I can start anew El David Sloan Stay off the phone I'm at a point where my resistance can be destroyed by your insistence El David Sloan Give me a break It's a horrifying song. It's not good. But I, I mean, I own the, you know, I got the, I bought the compilation. I don't think I ever, I never bought this, the actual single again, but it was. Uh, That's very, wow. Yeah, this was a thing. It, it was an actual song um, that I actually broke as a kid. So. <laughs> from where? Not from wear and tear or that you were. No, no, no. I, th- I think I physically broke it because I was, you know, two years. Here, Dave, <laughs> here's, a, here's something for you. What is it? You know. <laughs> What you do when you're two or three years old? Yeah. You've got to break things. Yeah. Yes. Well, I mean, it, it only made it up to uh, you know fifty. What was it? Fifty-two on the chart. So, okay. not a lot of people remember it. All right, handing it off to you. So, I in my house in the seventies, uh, my parents listened a lot to the Eagles and Fleetwood Mac, and also as we've previously discussed, which I guess there's a lot of that today. If my parents hadn't listened to this stuff when I was growing up. I'm not sure where or when I would have heard it. I'm sure I would have discovered it on the radio, but my passion for it, I think, grew because of them. So I I felt like I I had to choose records and songs, but I guess I don't really have to. I can just tell you, for Fleetwood Mac, I chose Rumors, uh, the album Rumors, but the song Dreams from 1977, because that was the most, that was, well, it went to number one. The Mm -hmm. song went to number one, but it also, I think that's what you think of when you think of Rumors. What song do you think of Dreams? Um, <laughs> or you don't think I of think, it at all. No, I think of it a lot. But yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, that's what, there's a lot of things going yeah. on in that album that I think about. But yeah, yes, of course, still it. So it is a great album. I mean, it is a it's probably an all the way through perfect album. Yeah, there's some wonderful things on it. But yeah, that's yeah. so. But dreams was the one that you gravitated to. That was yeah. I think that was my first exposure to Stevie Nicks. Right? Yeah. yeah, Stevie Nicks, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That's right. And uh, it's funny. I'm looking. I had originally chosen. Uh, from Eagles, Desperado, the song Desperado from the album Desperado, 1973. But the more I think of it, because that reminds me of my mom. There's so many. There's so much to be said about that. Not that the Seinfeld episode. Do you remember the Seinfeld episode? Don't. You do yeah. not remember the Seinfeld episode? Brad, is everything all right? Shh. What is it? Is there someone outside? Playing the song. Oh. Oh. oh, phew. You know, for a minute there, I thought it was like that urban legend about the guy with the hook who's hanging on the fender. Elaine, could you just not talk for one minute? That song just makes me think of my mother. My mom, just Eagles and Fleetwood Mac, when I think about my mom, who passed away five years ago. This is their biggest contribution to my musical taste and knowledge and appreciation. Rumors and Hotel yeah. California. No, though, that, was, that was a one-two punch right there. Both of those yeah. albums, that's all you heard on yeah. 93KHJ. <laughs> you know, track after track after track. Yeah. Every every song on both of those albums are iconic. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Oh, there's so many. Hey, Hotel California, I think, is a perfect album also. Yeah. You know, lyrically, not appropriate. <laughs> Family Family thing. listening. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Or r- rumors, breakups. Hotel California, Decadence. Okay, but, I'm, but, but, so I'm like 10 to 15 years right, old. I means, wasn't really thinking about lyrics at all, as previously discussed. Sometimes even now I don't think about the lyrics. I'm just singing the song. Right. No, I, I agree. As We'll go down the list of things, <laughs> of songs that were not appropriate <laughs> that we sang along to. There's an episode in itself, Inappropriate Songs That We Loved As Children. Oh, yeah. All right. Okay. Give me another one. Uh, we're going to uh, 1972. This is the first movie-going experience I think I, re- like I remember. Like actually going to the movie, sitting down with my mom to, to see this movie, and it just blew my mind and still does to this day. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the song Candyman. The version sung by Aubrey Woods is the one that resonates with me because that was my first exposure. Like watching this, watching him, you know, 
probably going to the, the store and this guy, the, the store owner, singing this song. Today. What is it? This is called a bar. How does he do it? My dear boy, do you ask a fish how it swims? No. Or a bird how it flies? No. No, sirree, you don't. They do it because they were born to do it. Just like Willy Wonka was born to be a candy man, and you look like you were born to be a Wonkera. Who can take a sunrise, sprinkle it with dew, cover it in chocolate and a miracle or two? The candy man. The candy man can. He mixes it with love and makes the world taste good Who can take a rainbow, wrap it in a sigh Soak it in the sun and make a strawberry lemon pie The candy man The candy man The candy man can The candy man can Cause he mixes it with love and makes the world taste good I thought it was great and just amazing. And I remember, you know, sitting with my mom and watching this. And That's such a great memory. Yeah. That is a great memory. Yeah. And it's funny, though, because I love the Aubrey Woods, but I was, you know, on Wikipedia looking it up. Um, and Anthony Newley, who wrote the, the lyrics to it, did not like his version of it, this Aubrey Woods. You know, he tried to redo it, tried to have someone else do it. Um, and I guess con- contractually, he couldn't have it redone by anyone so that's that's the version we have and that's the version i love of course sammy davis jr did the song who also hated the song thought it was too bubblegummy. yeah but it was it went to number one that was his only number one hit was sammy davis jr's Candyman. is that true wow yeah, yeah. so what year did the movie come out Candyman came out i think like 72 and the song was written like the, the song was written the song was written specifically for, for the, the movie, movie. yeah yes. I'm sure I saw movies earlier before then, but this yeah. was one where I was like conscious. Yeah. Like, wow, this is something. You know, I still remember sitting in the theater and watching this. Like, this is just wide-eyed. And like, this is so amazing. Well, that could not be more appropriate for this episode. Yeah. Too- Good choices. And I see why there's no crossover in our... In the- yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I think these also tell a lot about our parents, yeah. our, our moms. I think so. <laughs> definitely. All right. Passing it on. Pass the mic. Okay. Well, so this one I'm going with. So I have told you previously uh, how much my my mother loved. She loves my husband. Mm-hmm. Loved my husband. I always I joke that I think she liked him more than she liked me. <laughs> and she just they had a very very special bond. Oh, that's wonderful. So they at my parents, my parents, but specifically my mom would ask him, as we know, he's a huge Rush fan, to make him a CD back in the day of Rush songs of the the of his favorite Rush songs and also the Rush songs that. He thought they would like. And that's a good challenge. Yeah. Well, that's it was a, a great challenge. That right. Yeah. <laughs> knowing rush music and knowing parents, but although your parents were a little progressive, they like yeah. you know, they like Fleetwood Mac and Eagles yeah. and you know, so But they okay. love music. They're music right. lovers. Okay. But Rush is a different beast altogether. Yes. So so that was that's a good challenge. Okay. Yeah. And she would listen to yeah. any any C D he he made for her. She would listen to everything. Okay. Everything. So he made a playlist. So he took this challenge. Mm-hmm. I'm sure, as, as I know, Steve, he takes it seriously. Yes. He wants to do it right. Put a lot of thought into this. And not just the thought into it, but then he wants to explain, you know, what every song is about. And my parents listened raptly, nice. if that's a word. Yeah. So, yeah. So they're, the, the, my mom's favorite song, I believe, there were a few uh, a few songs, but I think her her favorite one that had the most impact on her, which I don't even know if you would know this song because it was from the album Roll the Bones. The song is called Bravado. Okay. Do you know the song? I've heard the song. I can't think of it offhand. It's very it's a complex song, but it's I think it's the it's some of the symbolism. There's Greek mythology in the lyrics, of course. You know, <laughs> <laughs> something super intellectual. You know, there's a you know we burn our wings flying too close to the sun. They say the reference is a reference to Icarus, mm-hmm. the hero who made wings sure. out of wax. Wax, yeah. yeah. We all know that. Yeah, we know that story. But Love they, those Greek stories. Yeah, I I didn't then, but I do now. I appreciate them more. He, you know, Neil Parrott, who writes the lyrics, he used it metaphorically for flaming out, like not living up to your own expectations. Mm-hmm. But my mother, I think she just really appreciated the lyrics and musically. I mean, listen to it. you'll you'll. It's a it's a really good song. It's a really it's a beautiful song. We've been our wings. 
Makes me think of her because that was the one. You know, she would always pick that's, out her favorites. That's nice. I yeah. think, yeah, based on what you told me, I think a lot of people see that in themselves, like trying to do so much, and you know, you do as much as you can. Yeah. And maybe not succeeding a lot of times. Yeah. But you know, a lot of people see. You know, we're all fallible. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Mine isn't as uh, different. Yeah, completely <laughs> different. Uh, back to seventies AM radio. This was one of the first songs I think that I remember my mom singing all the time to to me or you know like she thought it was appropriate uh, yeah, yeah. And, and it and it was be, because it was a child it was actually a child singing the the chorus and it's the song is it's a one hit wonder by a um by clint holmes the song is called playground in my mind once i sing the chorus you'll go you'll probably go okay oh yeah yeah yeah. and it's sung by this seven-year-old kid who is the Philip Vance, the uh, seven-year-old son of producer Paul Vance. Or the chorus goes, my name is Michael, I've got a nickel, I've got a nickel shiny and new. I'm going to buy me all kinds of candy, that's what I'm going to do. You will hear it and go, oh, because I'm, of course, I no musical will. talent whatsoever. However... I thought you did great. Thank you. I remember my mom singing that, and like singing that in the, in the car. Yeah, yeah, I'm, and it was it was kind of you know this this guy uh, Clint Holmes or, and, and the song was just kind of him reminiscing about old times yeah. and, and things. When this old world gets me down and there's no love to be found, I close my eyes and soon I find I'm in a playground in my mind where the children laugh. And the children play and we sing a song all day. My name is Michael, I got a nickel, I got a nickel shiny and new. I'm gonna buy me all kinds of candy, that's what I'm gonna do. And you know, seven-year-old, I was... Of around that age. Yeah. So it kind of bonded us together. That's really sweet. Yeah, it made it up to number two in 1973. Okay, we're going to have some more Mother Talk, but first, let's go for some milk and cookies, and we'll be right back. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind and these Raycons are fantastic. 
Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. back to the what difference does it make podcast and our special mother's day episode we seem to be playing a lot of songs from the 70s and for you just all over the place i realize that you are continuing on with the same theme because you're a dad and therefore yes this is not necessarily your holiday but i'm switching up the theme all right we're coming from different perspectives yes okay so I'll, I'm gonna, I'm, as I said, I'm changing my theme up a little bit. I'm going to talk about some of the songs that I have felt compelled to thrust upon my own children. Okay. <laughs> and, wow. and I insist that they have an appreciation for these songs. <laughs> That's the best way to get through to kids is just to it's, force it through them. You must like this song. Oh well, this as is, it ha- This is medicine and you will take it and you will enjoy it. It's going to make you a better person. As it happens, they like these songs for a variety of reasons. The first one, they like because they like to make fun of me. Because this is a song, it's another one I sing at the top of my lungs, which I also do when they're in the car with me. As I got a little older, they would turn it down so I wouldn't sing because I also do not have a good voice. Do not have a good singing voice at all. But the song is from 1972. It's Carly Simon, You're So Vain Mm -hmm. from the album No Secrets. I love this song. I love this song so much. I love the vibe of this song. And of course, back in the day when it was released, I had no idea, you know, what it meant. I was singing the words. I had no idea. And all the controversy since about what, you know, and my kids know nothing about the lyrics. They don't know. I mean, they may know she was married to James Taylor, but that's probably the extent of it. They don't know the the controversy and, you know, how we, you know, tried for so many years to find out who the song was about. And I don't know, maybe we do now or maybe we don't. But my kids know nothing about that. They just know that this song I love, and it, I know that it makes them happy. I know they do it in good fun, you know, to poke fun at me. Why do you love this song so much? I think the lyrics are clever. I just enjoy them. I like the the story it tells. It's not a happy story, but I like the story it tells. You know, it's a little sad for her. I liked guessing, you know, in my older years, guessing, trying to guess who it was about. Discovering Mick Jagger singing the backup vocals was a pretty cool thing. Oh, you never knew that. Not when I was younger, no. That's why I always thought it was Mick Jagger. I thought it was kind of clever, yeah. like Mick Jagger would be singing background vocals to your song. To a song that he's about? Yeah. That, that is about him. That would be, he's about. that's so meta. Yeah. <laughs> so meta. I don't think it's that deep. Okay. It's just one of those super singable, see, that's kind of shallow of me too. It's a super singable song to me. You think this song is about you?
I just did. So do you know who it's about? The other person was supposed to be Warren Beatty. But uh, I, I would think just one of those two is who I, I think it was about. But I do not know. I think someone paid some money to uh, <laughs> at an auction. To, to, and Carly, yes. Carly told this one person what it, who the song was about. It was <laughs> this was a charity auction. The winning bidder was Dick Ebersol, who was president of NBC Sports at the time. He paid $50,000. He had to sign a confidentiality agreement, but he was allowed to give one hint that the man's name contains the letter E. Okay. And it also over the next few years, Carly Simon <laughs> further revealed that there's also an A and an R in the name. So it's not Warren Beatty. It is not Warren Beatty. It's also there was also speculation that it was about David Geffen because his name is whispered during the song. I don't know if you Oh, I did that. not know that. Yes. But there's not an R in Geffen. No, it's not. She says it's not about him. <laughs> she whispers the song. Now I got yeah, and I have to listen to it again. Yeah. I know. You f- see, I find a lot of different things. I mean, like when I discovered Mick Jagger. She, also, she she said for a long time that it was not just about one person, that it was sort of an oh, okay. amalgamation. Okay. Yeah. I just find it immensely singable. I like the lyrics. I mean, the lyrics, it's a, you know, you know, a sad song for her. I think the lyrics are very... Uh, no, it's great. Yeah. Great vocal performance. I'm a huge Carly Simon fan. I yeah? Lo- I love, yes, I, I, I love her work. Her voice and... Yeah, those songs she's she's had, and there's a book called Girls Like Us, which follows Carol King, Joni Mitchell, and Carly Simon. And there was supposed to be a movie about that book, but uh, I don't I don't know what's what's wow. going on with that. No, I didn't. But I, yeah, it's a good read. Okay. Um, just learning all about Carly Simon and you know her relationship with. I mean, you know, she was kind of like Stevie Nicks. I would put her in there, like you know, just kind of this kind not necessarily mysterious but just intriguing something about her that, totally yeah and I the people i mean the story you could uh, i mean also I read. beautiful too yes <laughs> in, a, in a unique not a traditionally beautiful oh, no. way I mean, she looked she looked like she had like mick jagger she had you know the full lips and yeah like a, like a female version of jagger yeah <laughs> kind of yeah so do you know that she originally started recording this with harry nelson singing backup <laughs> but mick jagger ended up singing on it instead better choice yeah, and he actually, when when Harry Nilsson realized that they had better, you know, chemistry for this, he backed out. He backed off. Oh, smart. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just, I don't know, there's just something, this will be, uh, you know, I, one of my top all-time favorite songs. Wow, okay. Yeah. And the kids yeah. love it. The kid, or they tolerate it. I don't know if the kids love it, but I know, should my kids ever talk about Mother's Day later on in their lives, that they will always associate this okay. song with me. This will be one of those that they remember me for. When they have their own podcast. Yes. Or whatever is happening 20 years down the road from yeah. now. Exactly. Nice. Yes. So, yeah. So, I, I can't say it's one of their favorite songs musically, but they definitely have an appreciation for it because of me. Nice. Yes. Love it. Yeah. And you? You got another mothery song? Yeah. <laughs> okay. This one... Um, this one comes from uh, 1975. Uh, again, we're not blessed with any sort of talent at all. <laughs> um, but my mom did like to dance. Oh. Just, uh, you know, do a little thing she liked. and she, Do a little she, dance. Do a little dance. <laughs> um, she liked tap dancing and she, you know, she took classes just kind of, you know. That's so cool. Yeah. So she, she enjoyed that immensely. Um, so she gravitated to um, when Chorus Line came out. And, she, you know, we played the music a lot. I heard that a lot. And so our first, uh, probably in 1982, I don't, I don't know. It was the early 80s. We went to New York and we finally, and we got to see Chorus Line. And so that was, uh, that was super exciting. To, I mean, you know, That's a fun show. Yes, still is. Yeah. Great story. Mm-hmm. Told well. You know, the song one is just amazing. One. Singular sensation Every little step she takes One Thrilling combination Every move that she makes One smile and suddenly Nobody else will do You know you'll never be lonely with you No Second best to non-sun. Ooh, sigh, 
great and and yeah just to you know my mom was just so happy to be you know be in the presence of this production and you know in new york we're on you know i think my parents first time to new york also oh wow might have been we're all experiencing new york for the first time we go see this broadway show oh my god chorus line so yeah that was wonderful so yes whenever i hear the song one of course i I think of my mom and you know that's nice we're trying to dance (laughs) you dance uh, no, not at all. I never no, in your never, privacy of your own home. Yeah, never took uh, formal lessons. No, I'm just naturally gifted. It's, just, <laughs> it's a curse. We're gonna post a video yeah. of you dancing. No, not at all. Not at <laughs> all. <laughs> you never know when I may catch you. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's true. in the act. Yeah. Exactly. All right. What do you got? Okay, I'm doing a two for one. Okay, go ahead. With a band that. Uh, both Steve and I have imparted on our children, and they actually do love this band, Live. The oh, band is called Live. The band is called Live. Yes. And it's funny. I spoke to them because I did speak to both my kids when we decided to do this episode, and I was kind of talking to them about the songs that I was going to use, and they actually had some – gave them a little input, you know, with their reasons, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they both love the album Throwing Copper, which is – more than 20 years old now but they both liked they like two different songs from it chelsea picked all over you do you know are you familiar with the band live i mean these are both yeah, hits I am. yeah oh you. that's the thing yeah oh uh, yes it's I, not selling I, I the drama that was their first hit, right their no first. i do remember that song that's a good one it's a it's great good. they're both i mean they're yes, you another love, flawless album you love this yes and sam would choose lightning crashes which okay. i'm sure you know yes yeah. yeah, both of those are singles, so I know yeah. those songs. I don't know. I'm not that familiar with the, the complete album, but those are I, good you, stuff. You might like the album. This, uh, this to me, is another flaw. It is a flaw. Lightning album. Crashes really isn't a good Mother's Day song. <laughs> no, but, you know, most people think they know what the song is about. Sorry, I'm pointing Okay, again. so pl- please t- enlighten me. So they dedicated to this one of their high school friends was killed by a drunk driver around the time the song was written. So they didn't write it about her, but they dedicated to her. The lyrics are mostly an analogy. So she donated several organs, including her heart. So it, so it looks like when you're when you're watching the video and when you're listening to the song that is speaking about the circle of life, mm-hmm. you know, um, that is how it is to me. But this, you know, after it, I guess the song took on new meaning because it's specifically about how Barb's life gave new life to a lot of people. The angel, the baby down the hall, the pale blue eyes. Barb had blue eyes, the pain and the confusion. This, the lyrics are wholly Ed's interpretation of his experience and perception of Bob's, Barb's impact. know if I could pick a favorite song from this album, but I do love these two. And my kids, these are the ones that they picked. And you, you got another mothery song? All right. So um, besides being a horrible singer and uh, not the greatest dancer, she was also a horrible driver. And this is no exaggeration. She hated to drive, too. Hated. <laughs> hated. Drove in fear of her life. Like, oh, with dro- Yes, exactly. Did you know this from the time you were a little kid? Not really until I got older, fortunately. 
But mm-hmm. I knew she never wanted to go on the freeways. Okay. So we never went on freeways. And, <laughs> you know, she was, you know, she was the type who would go through an intersection and brake because, you know, there were other cars. You know, there might be another car. She's afraid car. that a car was going right, to come. Exactly. Yeah. There was always something. You know, cars were always. Meanwhile, cars are crashing behind her because they're, you know, she's going, you know, she never. I know exactly the kind of she driver She would only go about. 35 miles, you know, 35 miles an hour was probably the maximum she would go. It was just, it was insanity. That's, that's that was my mom driving. Okay. And. I, I, I live to tell about it, fortunately. Yeah. <laughs> so how bad could she have been? She was... She, <laughs> exactly. She got me, uh, she got me here. Um, I can't wait to hear this connection. Well, no. There, <laughs> well, the connection was there was um, musicals, as you can tell. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we've mentioned these a few times. So uh, Broadway show Annie came to the Schubert Theater. Oh. Schubert Theater's in Century, Century City. City. We lived in Canoga Park. Oh, I'm pretty sure about. It. I mean, my vague memory is we did not because my mom didn't want to drive out there, and it was a matinee, so my dad was working, um, so we took the bus to from Canoga Park to Century. There's two hours, pretty much. I think we, we left early. You know, like it's for for this one o'clock screen. Uh, for reference, just for reference for the audience, that should it's about 20, 20, 25 miles. Right. Yeah. But yeah, on the bus, though, you have to go. I mean, right. I don't know. Oh, I know. Yeah, we had to go down Roscoe and then up Sepulveda. I'm sure my mom mapped it. You know, she got yeah. us there. We got, How practical. We, we made it on time. Yeah. But she wanted uh, my sister and I t- to see Annie. It's so hard not to like for us. It's so hard not to like for us. Set a treat at we. Did you like it? I, I I think I remember liking it. I I liked it. I, yeah, of course. I, of course. And then with daughters, I, you know, they end up yeah. uh, going to a theater camp, and they're of course it's like the everyone has to the premiere it. Annie. Everyone premiere has to do play. their own version of Annie. I'm you're right. I'm tired of it by now, by now. But at the time, back, you know, it, it just started out. It was like '77, I think. It's the hard knock life. It's <laughs> what we were living. <laughs> Which is why, oh. so that's why I, I chose Hard Knock Life, is taking the bus to the Schubert Theater in Century City and, and seeing that uh, that show. Of course, she she also dressed us up because, you know, you're going to the theater, yeah. you, you know, you got to class it up. Not like now where, you know, you go to the Pantages, there's people wearing shorts. I know. And, I do think you should dress, not, not fancy, you don't have to wear a suit, but don't you feel like you should look nice for the theater? Always. Yeah. I always, whenever, and yeah, to this day, and I, you know, yeah. as an honor to honor my mom, you know, I, I got, I dress up as nice. That's really not, nice. Not necessarily suit up, but I'm not, I'm never going to, uh, to slum it. Yeah. We, li- so it's we a live a hard knock life. life. It's a hard knock life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> there you go. So I feel like I'm getting to know a little bit about your mom through this, and I think this is so cool. Yes, you know. Horrible, yes, exactly. Horrible dancer, singer, driver. Yes, all of the above. But she did them all, yes, which did. is awesome and says a lot about her character. True. Thank you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Um, okay, so. And she gave you something to talk about. Yes. Thank goodness. Now we got this yeah. podcast. She knew, like, one day you will have a podcast and yes. you will talk about me. Fondly. <laughs> Fondly. Yeah, indeed. Okay, this is my only 80s song. Yay, 80s. Yay. This is... <laughs> Sweet Child of Mine from Guns N' Roses <laughs> from Appetite for Destruction. Oh, my God. 1987. Moms love that. Yeah. You know what? I am so sick of this song. I love it. I've loved this song forever. It's your ringtone. It is my ringtone, which I every time it rings, I say, I got to change this. And it's been years. I saw Guns N' Roses uh, back in the day when they played at the Troubadour. So I've been, you know, as a fan, been through the ups and downs, became much less of a fan. Sam became a Guns N' Roses fan for a short time. So he, I know he liked the song. He's over it now. Chelsea will tell you, not a fan of Guns N' Roses, but she really likes this song. Hmm. And she wanted me to make sure that I had it on my list. Well, I'm glad it is. <laughs> yes. This song went to number one here. I guess that seems obvious. Yeah. I mean, it was all over MTV. Mm-hmm. It's a great video. It's it's a sweet song. And, and actually, I mean, it could be a lullaby. I could, I could picture mm-hmm. it like a lullaby version of that song, something you would sing to your kids or you know you yes. play an instrumental version of that to the kids um now i need lyrics to sing with yeah 
really wonderful song. It's a Every, all around. I mean, yeah. it's something that you know anyone can cover it. Have you heard Cheryl Crow's version? It is fabulous. You must listen to it. Okay. He's got a it for you from uh, uh, from Step Brothers. <laughs> Adam Scott singing yes. that song and the, with the family and yes. the car. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's my favorite verse. One, two, three, four. Bum. She's got a smile that it seems to me reminds me of childhood memories. Where everything was as fresh as a bright blue sky. All right, Tommy, you're the oldest. I'm counting on you. Come on. She's got eyes of the bluest it's so flat. I can't even, I didn't even know. You don't even look good while you're singing. The worst thing I've ever heard. This is $1,200 a week for voice lessons, and this is what I get? Okay, I'm going to save it with the solo. Bow, bow, I'm dead. I can sing high like this. And I can sing high. Jesus! Oh. It also was featured near the end of the movie from 2008, The Wrestler, was when uh, Mickey Rourke, when his character makes his entrance into the boxing ring. He, Axel and Mickey Rourke are friends. So uh, Axel allowed, basically gave him the song for this film for almost nothing. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah, that's Axel. He seems pretty charitable. <laughs> but that's, yeah. I don't know that. I shouldn't say that. He no. probably is. Yeah, that song, though, doesn't get old. I'm not tired yeah. of that song. Yeah. I, could hear, I could hear it now and still... Get something new out of it. All right. All right. Again, we're going back and forth. (laughs) (laughs) We got more show tunes for me? Up and down, up and down. Sort of. This ties in a a little of everything. So my my mom's probably favorite actor from the 70s, John Travolta. Um, Vinnie Barbarino? No, no, not (laughs) Vinnie Barbarino, but her favorite movie. She loved Saturday Night Fever. Just loved his dancing and just loved loved that movie. Yeah. So she's broad. And she loved, yeah. I think she liked, I'm sure she loved Urban Cowboy too. Mm -hmm. Um but I do remember the whole family going to see Greece, and so that was uh, Oy. what was that appropriate for the whole family to go? Yes, it was a back in the seventies. It was appropriate, of course. It isn't now, you know. When you look back on lyric, it was something, and I, I of course I remember watching watching this movie. I, a lot of it, all of it, went over my head. Yeah, as, it, yes. I still remember to this day, like Stalker Channing going, "I'm not pregnant." I'm like. Who said she was pregnant? Why like, would you be? Why would you be pregnant? What? I'm sorry. What? Did I miss something? <laughs> yes. Yes, you did. As a as a 15-year-old? No. No. Sixth grade. We no, were in seven, sixth grade probably. 70, yeah. 12? Oh, I was 12. Yeah. Still naive. Had no idea. Yeah. yeah. Like, it broke. Had no idea what that meant. What was going on. <laughs> yes. Um, I feel like a broken typewriter. What does that mean? I skipped a period. Oh, I didn't remember that. Oh, uh, wow. I've, I've seen this movie many, 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 many yeah. times. So anyway, all all this stuff, all these throwaway lines I miss. But of course, I still get a kick out of when they were doing, singing the song Summer Nights. And, just, <laughs> and I love, my mom just got the, you know, I still remember her laughing and just because, you know, it's about the 50s. Yeah. This was her child. This is her adolescence. Yeah. And, you know, I, you know, so but both my parents are just loving this movie. That's it's so just, cool. It's just fun. Yeah. And we love the musicals. And so, you know, this was yeah. this was like family night. This was a rare movie that we can all share together. 
Olivia John, Nation. John Travolta's combing his hair and kind of strutting <laughs> down, you know, just doing all those moves. And um, Summer Nights is always so, has a warm spot in my heart. Probably 20 times. But you think about the lyrics to that song. Tell me more. Tell me more. Did she put up a fight? Yeah, I know. <laughs> think of what that means oh, now as oh, opposed to, you know, listening to it then. Yeah. 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 No, I, I, no, there's I a the lot. Song. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of reference, you know, but it was high, high. It's high school appropriate, I guess. In the 50s. And the Right. In the 80s. It, I mean, up for a while it was, you know, and all of a sudden, you know, we have kids like, Oh no! This is not. But I still show. You know, my my girls love it. Yeah, I don't know. If my kids, have, of course, I don't think my kids have seen it. Oh, my God. I know. Daryl right. in my duties. I'm sorry. As a Mother's Day gift, you should sit them down. And Good idea. You must watch Grease with you me. Must, yeah, because because again, kids love it when you force feed them stuff. <laughs> yes. Good choice. Oh, I love your mom. My favorite. Yes, always my mom's favorite. And still, um, from Saturday Night Fever, I don't know if I've ever told I always, like when I started drinking, it was always a, um, a 7 and 7 because that's what John Travolta drank in, in Saturday Night Fever. So, yeah. So, in honor of Tony Manero, I used to, uh, I used to drink the 7 and 7. <laughs> and then, of course, there, you know, shout out to Danny Zuko. <laughs> yes. And uh, what was Olivia Newton-John's name? Sandy. Sandy. Duh. <laughs> I don't remember her last name. It was just Danny and Sandy. Yeah. Shout out to Olivia Newton-John. Yes. <laughs> nice job. Plus, they were all 30 back then, too. Was, I know. And we just, <laughs> just totally accept, accepted it. Just accepted it. That's yeah. fine. Jeff Conway, I think he was even older. <laughs> no, Stalker Channing was the oldest. She was super old. I mean, super old, meaning 30. Older than 32. Yes. yes. Something like that. Which is super young now. Yeah. I think I would have loved your mom. I think she's so, so she must have been really interesting. Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> she had a lot of interest, and I carry on that uh, to this day. Yeah. yeah. Moms miss, rock. Miss her. Yeah, moms do rock. Yeah. Good app. On, <laughs> <laughs> on, on that happy note. Well, it is happy. I it, mean, it's definitely. music. Yeah. And no, it's very evocative. It shapes shapes us, our families mm-hmm. and shapes us individually. It's wonderful. Yes. And sh- just shout out to the moms again. Shout out. To, yes. Love you. Love you, mom. I love you, mom. <laughs> So happy Mother's Day, moms. Yes. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day, Holly. Thank you very much. And happy Mother's Day to Janice. Indeed. I will uh, pass that along. I'm sure she's listening. Happy Mother's Day, Janice. (laughs) Happy Mother's Day, Janice. And thanks for listening. Mother's Day, spectacular on What Difference Does It Make? That's right. We're doing some wonderful things with uh, the What Difference Does It Make podcast. What are we doing, Holly? We are. We're doing some stuff on Facebook at WDDIM Podcast and on Instagram and Twitter at WDDIM Podcast. And also remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel because we are doing some really fun things on YouTube, some uh, excerpts, some behind-the-scenes stuff. So check us out. Reviews are also good. Apple, if you can give us five stars. Wonderful. Love it. We love you forever. Okay, so until next week, this is Dave. This is Holly. Check you later. Over and out. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. 
Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.